Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Say doctrine. doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. Reproof said approve. Opposite of approve, reproof. So if I'm handling the scriptures, I should be able to use the scriptures I teach you to reprove. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. And it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. So church is about doctrine, reproof, correction, and instructions in righteousness. So people who are not familiar to taking instructions, they'll be poor Christians. It's all about disciples. She said, go, Matthew 28, 20. He said, go into the world, make disciples, and then he said, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. The, the verse 20 says that, teaching them all the things I have taught you. Jesus was, his, was his, do you know he wasn't working miracles on his disciples? No, he was teaching them. He was always teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. So when he teaches the masses, and the masses don't understand, the disciples came to him and said that, Master, what's the meaning of this? He said, to you, it is revealed. But to those outside, he said, because we have, you are the guys to receive teachings. So church fundamentally is about teaching. The church life is a teaching life. Because if you are without teaching, you are without feeding. You can't grow above your teaching, the teaching you receive. Because the teaching you receive, you see, the way a child grows by milk and food. Children, all they do is two, two assignments. Eat, sleep, eat, sleep, eat, sleep. When they are awake, is to, to eat. Is to eat. So when you are born again, when you are in church, your job is to keep feeding. And then when you feed, then you see what follows. That's what I want to show you. So that you can be a bona fide career of the flames of revival. The flames of revival only works. Okay? There can never be fire without fuel. So if you are talking about flames, there must be fuel. What's the fuel for the flames? It's the word. The word that God inside you is the fuel for the flames of revival. He says that so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Wherever they went, that's what I'm going to show you. They went everywhere preaching. What will you preach if there's nothing inside you? That is how the revival spread. The revival spread through preaching by certain people who are carrying revival fire. When they pray, they say, Holy Ghost, look, they are threatening us not to preach again. They didn't say, don't go to church. They said, don't preach in the name. When they have healed the man at the beautiful gate, silver and gold have I done such as I have given thee in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 6 verse 3, sorry, chapter 3 verse 6. Rise up and walk. So, they were, they healed this man at the beautiful gate. And oh, thank you Jesus. When they healed this man at the gate, people gave them their attention. So attention shifted from synagogue leaders, from the scribes, from the elders of the people, to these ordinary people who carry Holy Ghost fire. That's how you get attention, Holy Ghost fire. 
not your position. People in position didn't have attention. So suddenly it was the positional people who started criticizing and persecuting them. So when they healed the man, the death, the oh, I like this. The target of the Holy Ghost was not the man. The target was the, of the Holy Ghost was to get the attention of the worshippers for them to preach. So read your text. The man, they didn't preach to the man. The man asked them money. He said, we don't have money, but we got something that can permanently change your state in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. They pulled him. I'm sure he thought, he thought they were joking. They held him and then rise up. And as soon as he, he, he got up, naturally, his strength, his, his, his legs straightened, received strength, and he couldn't sit down again because there was too much strength. couldn't sit down. So Rick, the Bible said he went leaping. The one who has never walked. He went leaping, jumping, and leaping, and praising God. That's a nice miracle. And when people saw this, they said, is this not a man at the gate? What has happened to you? And he said, the guys. So all, everybody gathered around them. And he said, men and, they said, men and brethren, listen to us. Don't look out on us as though by our own power or by our own holiness we have done this. But no, this is not from us. This is the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus. So they started preaching Jesus. And the elders realized that people were not coming in again. They were congregating around these guys. They said, what are they, what are they doing? Bring them. And they want them. Don't preach in that name. They didn't say, they said, that name is a threat. Don't preach in that name again. And they said, choose for yourself whether we should obey you or God. And they, they, they wanted to do something to them, but they said, you know what? What has happened is too obvious. We can't deny it. So if we try and do something contrary, it will not be in our political advantage. It will backfire. It's a boomerang. <laughs> so they, they let them go. They warned them that don't preach in their name. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 24, then they went back to their own company and then they reported all that has happened. That's why I tell you, learn how to report. It's in the text. Acts 4 24, they went to their own company and they reported all that has happened. 23, okay, 23, before they went to pray in 24. They reported, and after they reported, the report became a prayer topic. So you have to report some things for me so I can pray about some things in the church. So they went and reported to their own company, and then the Bible says that they lifted up their voice and they prayed. And the prayer topic, they said, God, who you have done this, you have done this, you have done this. They, they just gave God history first. So they recounted the things God has done. The people, they, they knew the history. They knew the word of God. So they went to God with the word, what you have said, what you have done, and what you have started. Look at where things are now. We, we are aware of what you are doing. Then their prayer topic was, oh God, verse 29, grant us boldness. Grant that, that with boldness we will declare the message by stretching. So God will stretch forth his hand that miracles and mighty things by healing the sick and doing miracle things, uh, miraculous things in the name of his holy child, Jesus. How should he give us boldness? By God doing some amazing things as we speak. But what is our job? We have to speak. So how can you speak if you don't have the word? How can they believe in whom they have not heard? How can they hear 
if there no one preach, how can they preach except they be sent? How beautiful, how, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel? And he said, faith comes by hearing of the word of God. So then faith comes. I'm reading from Romans chapter 10 from verse 14 to 17. Faith comes by hearing and reading of the word. Amen? Amen. So, you, the fuel, back, back on the point, the fuel of revival is the word in a human life. Without God's word in your life, you cannot carry revival. It will end up being, watch this, I'm about to say something that is very necessary for a lot of churches around the world. It is in spite of your feelings, if there is no word, you can't carry revival. If there is no word inside you, all you are doing is emotionalism. <laughs> they do it always. And so sometimes most of the people in the other, on the other side, other camp, they see us and they think it's just emotionalism. Because if we don't have word inside us, really, it's just emotionalism. It's emotional. People can dance and be sweating. You can sweat it. Uh, uh, we go praise, praise your name day by day. That's why you finish and go and watch pornography. <laughs> you, you go, you finish and you go and they are squeezing your breast. <laughs> hey, forgive. <laughs> After this, all this sweating, people, that, that last four man comes around you, he, something, he comes around you, he begins to break down, wants to cry. So can you pray for me? I came for a, bit, a piece of you, but I need, I need prayers, please. <laughs> because when you combine the word and now you add the passion, it's flames flames. So you need the word and then the, the passion is what causes passion in the righteousness peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That is what causes the flames for revival. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not about sin. No. I'm, you know, I'm not talking about sin. Most of the time, the, way, the reason why you are struggling with sin is because wordlessness. Wordlessness. Because if you were left alone, you won't sin. Would you? Especially those at the back. Ask somebody. Would you? <laughs> if you are left alone, how many of you will sin? If they leave you alone, you just sin. You, you, you don't mind. Do you mind sinning? Huh? <laughs> you don't know whether I say. You don't know whether I say yes or no. <laughs> you okay? You don't want to, do you want to sin? No. You don't want to sin. So why? Why are you sinning? And then preachers, then will come and be always preaching about your sin. Your sin, your sin. But the person can't do anything about it. He wants to stop, but demons. But in courage, if you want to stop, you can't because the word is a lot. So if you are not stopping, then it's you. It's not a demon. 
Don't blame it on your mother's demon, on your father's demon. My father, my father, my father married three women and liked we other women. And I don't know. My uncles, they all like women, and that's why I don't know. Pastor, I'm born again, but I just can't stop this women thing. And I... <laughs> stop it. Get the word and act on the word. Obedience. If you are struggling with sin, change your atmosphere. And you are born again. If you are not born again, I don't know what. You just need Jesus. But, yeah, regeneration. He said, because you are no more under, under, under the law, sin will no longer have dominion over you. All right? Romans chapter 6, verse 14. So, sin can control you if you are born again. So, if you are born again and sin is controlling you, then something is wrong. The word is not getting in. But if the word is getting in and is not taking root, your atmosphere, environment keeps washing out the infant. Let me put it this way. Jesus said, the word fell by the roadside and the best of the air came and picked it, which is the spirits. So Satan and demonic spirits are reflected. I told you some time ago, beds of the air. Sometimes it's used to represent Satan and demonic spirit. Best of the air, they come and steal the word. So after such a powerful word, because of the guys you are going to hang around with after church, because of the kind of music you are playing in your car, by the time you get home, uh, um, pornographic tendencies have risen back. Why? Because you have watched, Satan has stolen the word. You have forgotten what, what was said. And then you then there's the, and you keep you keep coming to church because you are a genuine Christian, but you are struggling because you are you have pitched your tent in Satan's camp. You play where Satan has his fanfare, and so it's easy for him to take advantage over you, and you don't understand why. why. Check your atmosphere, check your environment. You have to take responsibility. You know so. Pastor, I like those kind of music. You know me. I like that's 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 my style. But I, I have to be truthful, truthful to myself. I, it's a beat. It's the beat. It's the and sometimes I'm down. So every evening I have to put some beat on. And when I'm playing my car, it lifts me up. It lifts you up, but washes the word of God out of you. You can't overcome the devil word wordlessly. Word, word of God, wordlessly. You, there's no way anyone can overcome the devil wordlessly. Feed your spirit. So, well, can you imagine? I've not even started sharing what I'm supposed to be sharing. Anymore. Acts chapter, sorry, John chapter 7, 36. Oh. You know what? Let's, let's leave it and go to verse 37. Let's start from verse 37. Well, that's where I'm going. On the last and greatest day of peace, Jesus stood and said with a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, My God, streams of living water flow from Mabogosha. If anyone thirsts, let him come and drink. And then what did he say? And out. Belly, innermost being, the belly there is not your stomach, not your tummy. Okay, it means your core. Your core out of your innermost being, something will be flowing. 
from within inside you. They can't stop it. No external situations can stop it. He said that if any man thirsts, let him come and drink. For out from his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Whoever believes, read it. Whoever 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures, as the scripture has said, <laughs> streams of living water will flow. What happens to you when you believe in him? So if you believe in him, streams of living water shall flow within him. Is that all the text? Yes. Read the 38 again. 38. Sorry, sorry from, from 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Mm-hmm. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from the beginning. Have you seen anybody gone to maybe Libya or Sudan? And he's, he's supplying water from his. <laughs> the river is coming now. <laughs> I've been born again for so long. I've never seen this before. So, why did Jesus. Was Jesus lying? So, if he wasn't lying, why is it that we have been believing and we are not seeing anything flowing? I shouldn't pay water bills anymore. <laughs> we just bring it out, put it in a tank and take a shower, use it to cook, use it to wash and everything. So Jesus, what did he mean? Mm. He, tells, he tells you what he meant. Yeah. Tell us. Verse, that, that, yes. Ah. Oh, okay. So, so he was talking about the spirit. Oh, this spirit is like rivers of water flowing. But so how can I get this rivers of water? He said, come and drink. How do I go and drink? Believe. He said, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow. So you have to believe for belly to, for, for rivers to flow. And he says that, um, uh, uh, so whoever is thirsty, let him come and drink, and out of his belly shall flow. And then the first 30 years says that, for whoever believes in me, uh-huh, Streams of living water. Verse 37. Last day, yes, he said. Yes. Drink. Believes in me. So, come to me and drink. If you come and drink, drink what? He said, all this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Come and drink. And he said, whoever believes... So what we have to do is to come and drink. What we have to do is believe. Drinking and believe, believing is drinking of the spirit. And after you have believed, something is going to flow from within you. Which is the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus came and we got born again, uh, he came for us to be born again. But that's not all. He came for us to be born again so that rivers can flow out of us. Most of us have been born again, but nothing is flowing. Nothing is flowing. You're born again, but nothing is flowing. 
Our theme for the month is the flames of revival. Everybody, I like this. You see the stained glass is flames. There you can see flames. Flames. Saturday as I stood there, we prayed. I, I really, I saw it again. And uh, my attention was drawn to the flames. Flames. We are supposed to be carriers of flames. And the, the more fuel you give the flame, the more it will burn. When you run out of fuel, your flame dims. So why did he get us born again? He got us born again so that he can flow through us. Remember I told you, there is the essential supply of the spirit and there is the economic supply of the spirit. The essential supply of the spirit is when you become born again, you have the Holy Spirit. That is what makes you alive in the Lord. But it's not, you are not called only to be alive in God. You are called only to also to be an officer in the Lord. So the Holy Spirit now on the economic supply. Economic means that God's plan of working. So he, because of what he's trying to do, he gives you the Holy Spirit so that you can do his work. Alright, I think and Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7 and verse 8. Read the verse 7 faster. Yes. I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God so how did he become a minister by the working of God's grace all right through the power of God the spirit the spirit works was working in him which was another place says that through the spirit which was at work effectually within me it was effectually at work within me making me a minister so the Holy Spirit works in you so that you can do for God. Do you hear that? Most of us think the Holy Spirit comes on us to bring to us. He works in us so that we can do for God. First of all, he comes into us so we can be of God. And he works in us. So first, the Spirit of God comes into us so we can be of God or be born of God. Does that make sense? So you can't be born again outside of the spirit. For whatsoever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatsoever is born of the spirit is spirit. John 3, 6. So you can't be born again outside of the spirit. So the spirit of God comes into you to be of God. I'm a child of God. That's how, how did it happen? The spirit of God came into you. Okay, but he works in you to do for God. He works in you. So that when you start working, he said, you shall receive the Holy Spirit and you shall be back. We shall be witnesses unto me. That is the, the, so that you can fit into what God is doing. Not just for you, but the work of God. It's like he has recruited you to work for him. So when you become born again, you are actually a worker for God. But without the Holy Spirit, you can't actually do it the way you should. You are a worker for God. Tell somebody, I'm a worker for God. Tell the person, you are also a worker for God. So make sure you are working. Wow. So he comes on us to work for God. And when he comes on or works in us or comes on us, it's like uniform. It's like a gown. So he has, we, are, we wear him. That is why he says that ye shall be endued. 
like covered. Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He said, you shall be endued. Some translations said endued. Other translations said uh, um, immersed into. All right, so you are covered. It's like a police officer in uniform. Why is he wearing a uniform? Because of his job. They don't give them the uniform like when you were in the army. They they give the uniform for you to be wearing at home and be sleeping. No, it's for work. Most of you, you work in places where you have to be in uniforms. When you are, when you finish work, you change your uniform. You go home. You don't wear your uniform around anyhow, but you wear your uniform so you can work. And so the Holy Spirit is like a spiritual uniform for the worker of God. So Jesus said, don't go on unattired or inappropriately attired. So wait until you are endued. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Wait till you are uniformed. You are covered up in the Holy Ghost. Then you can work for God. So when Jesus came on earth, is somebody learning something? When Jesus came on earth, he he came to save us. We know he, he was born to save us. Then when he was 30 years old, his, his cousin, his cousin was working already. His cousin was a baptizer. But it's interesting he used the same family. Mm, family, I'm telling you. That family is really blessed. So his family was, so some people will say that it's not about family thing. God respects families. I'm talking about for his work. Some family members too. Satan also likes using family members. Read your Bible. Matthew chapter 10 verse 36. It says that a man's enemies shall be of those of his own house. Yes. So Satan will use your mother. He will use your father. He will use your wife. He will use your husband. He will use your sister. He will use your daughter. He will use your son. He will use your brother, uncle. The aunties are even the worst ones. And your mother will cry on you. This church you are going, I'm not happy. You're breaking my heart. It's okay. So, mom, mama, it's okay. I won't go again. And Satan said, yes. So, Jesus said, don't think I brought peace. I brought a sword. No, it's in Matthew chapter 10. From verse 36, 37, 38. Some of you don't know. He said, I brought a sword. Sword for what? Not to kill. No, no, no. Jesus' sword doesn't kill. It divides. To separate somebody from her boyfriend. To separate somebody from his girlfriend. Have you seen it? Are you surprised it's there? It's amazing, isn't it? Read it, let's hear. Do you not think that I came to bring peace on earth? I did not come to bring peace, but I bring a sword. So, for what? For I have come to set a man against his father, a door against his mother, and her daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Wow. Is this Jesus talking? So those of you who think that, gentle Jesus, make a man, look up Hey! <laughs> Anybody who is going to interfere with your going to heaven, Jesus gave, has given you a sword, separate yourself from them. Anyone who is going to interfere from you, working for God, separate yourself from them. Pastor, thank you because I've been meaning to separate myself from my wife. No, wait, 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 wait. Hola, 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 hola. (laughs) 
Read it. You see, Jesus said that anyone who does not love, uh, anyone who loves um, his mother, his brother, his father, his wife, okay, his daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. So when you read that, he spoke about wife. But this one, when he said he brought sword, he didn't say to separate wife. <laughs> he said the in-laws, but not the... <laughs> It's your in-laws, they can be chopped out of your life. But your husband, no. Your wife, no. So what do I do if my husband is blocking me? Pray. Pray for God to arrest his leg. <laughs> Pray that one day he's asleep, he will see fire. He's in hell, fire burning. And then God standing in front of him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute him? <laughs> But as for your wife and your mother, your father, don't worry, use the sword. You don't hate them, no, you don't fight them. But detach yourself and focus on God. Is it a good policy? <laughs> but Pastor, you're telling me, oh, I'm not saying this is not a sword. I'm not learning something. So it's very important. I need to finish and then, huh. So um, where did I even get to? Uh, at the last scripture. No, not, not the matter change. That's why it was side. It was a side effect. But let me pick it from Luke. So he says that I came, and we have to be clothed with the Holy Spirit to work. All right. So Jesus Christ, now that's my main text now. Jesus Christ came, and his cousin was baptizing. And so he also went to be baptized. When his cousin saw him. Before he, he came, his cousin has been speaking about him, not knowing who, not knowing it was him. His cousin John the Baptist said that, listen, they asked him, so the way everybody is coming to you, you are a very powerful man. John the Baptist, we are actually expecting the Messiah. Who are you? He said, hey, please, I'm not the Messiah. Don't confuse me with him. I am not the Messiah. I'm not the one. There's one, Matthew chapter 3, verse from verse 10. There is one coming after me. His, the, the lace of his shoes, I'm not even worthy to do it. I'm not worthy to untie the lace of, do the lace of his shoes. I'm not ready. Is it, okay, read it, please. From verse 10, Matthew 3, 10. Matthew 3, 10. Uh, the ass is already on the roots of the tree. Hey! Everything that does not produce good things will be cast down. Proud. Into the fire. I have a... Draw, wait, wait, wait. And do what? Into the fire. And thrown into... The fire. All right, say fire. Fire. Go ahead, sir. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I. Wow. Whose sandals I am not fit to carry. Wow. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Ah! John, your own is water. How many of you know there's a difference between water and. Wait. Water. And um, it's something, Ray and Sons, or cousin. Ray and nephews, yes. I mean, <laughs> hey! There's a difference between alcohol and water. Alcohol is called spirit and water. And then he said, Me, I'm baptizing with water. When you come to my party, I'll serve you water. But this one, his party, he will serve you spirit. And it will be okay if he said, he said spirit. But he said he will save you spirit that is boiling on fire. So spirit and fire. 
He says, the one coming after me is going to baptize you with the, but not ordinary spirit, but a holy. Holy Spirit, which when you touch, you feel like, oh, hallelujah. Ah, holy. When you see the things that used to tempt you, you look at it and just walk away. Because you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Ah. <laughs> he said, Jesus Christ is going to baptize you with me as what work I'm doing. But he's going to do spirit work. I thought he was going to just leave the spirit. But I said, spirit and fire. That's why earlier on, he says that all the things, the, the axe is ready. Anything fruit, tree that is fruitless, it will be burned with fire. Now, read the next verse and see. It's winnowing fork. Uh-huh. It's in his hand. What's a winnowing fork? To be, okay. Winnowing fork is in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's like a large fork. Large fork, but that's not for food. It's for ground. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Turning the soil and sifting. My friend, are you talking? Talking. <laughs> yes, and chaff. <laughs> So the winnowing fork is for sifting the wheat and the chaff, so that by the time you realize the chaff is, that, that's exactly, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he said in the text, because he said he's going to, yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, go ahead. This winnowing fork is in the hand, and it will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, and burning out the chaff with unquenchable fire. He's baptizing with fire, and he said he's going to burn chaff with unquenchable, Fire that does not go out is going to burn it. He's baptizing us with fire. So on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 3, nice to remember, 2, 3, Acts 2, verse 3. Okay. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that, and something that looked like clothing tongues of fire sat on each of them, every one of them. So you have, we are all praying. I and suddenly we feel the power. We feel the move. And then, hey, what am I speaking? Open my hey, look, there's fire on your head. Look for fire. And then you look at me. Oh, you too. There's really there's some fire. I don't feel it, but you too. There's hey, everybody. Every one of them. There are more than we are here. 120 of them. 100, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. 120. Every one of them, fire, fire, fire. It wasn't literal fire, but I said it was clothing. Something appeared. Read it again. Read the verse three. Then the soul was seen to be turned to a fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So it seemed to be tongues. It wasn't real fire, but the work that they are about to do required flames. So. Everyone was identified by their flame. If you didn't have flames, you were not part of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everyone, how come you are claiming the Holy Ghost is using you, but you are without flames? Flames that will set people's hearts ablaze and also burn out the chaff in people's lives. 
in society, in communities. And so when it happened like that, he started preaching. People were joining the church. And suddenly, opposition was coming. And church was growing. And opposition, listen, don't join people who attack churches. It is, it is not, it would not be in your interest. If you, if, if in doubt, just keep quiet and just walk with the Holy Spirit and pray that God, if it is you, glorify your name. If it's not, if it's not you, I don't have anything to do with it. Order my steps. You never join because you may end up fighting against God. Jesus said, it is very, that's what Saul did. Saul was fighting against them. He thought he was fighting for God. No, no, he was actually fighting against God. And Jesus appeared to him. Saul! Saul! Why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you? How can I persecute you? Persecute someone? He said, I am Jesus. Who you are persecuting? Me? Where did I meet you? I have not done anything. He said, when you were attacking Pastor Frank, I am inside him. When you were attacking Kobe, I am inside him. When you were killing Stephen, I was inside When you were attacking the church, you didn't know. You thought it was any of you were attacking. By me, Jesus. He said, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute the church? Read your Bible. And so, Saul, because of that, the people, according to Acts chapter 8, verse 1, the church in Jerusalem was scattered. Was scattered because of persecution. Usually they think they, they can persecute the church into subjection or into submission. You can't. So as long as our hearts are on fire, it doesn't matter what they do, they can't stop us. He said, unquenchable fire. Do you hear, remember in Matthew chapter uh, 3, he said, with unquenchable fire. No one can quench the fire, verse 14 or so. No one can quench the fire. And so, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, what does it say? He said, that Saul was there giving approval to the death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church of Jerusalem. Uh -huh. And all except the apostles were scattered. They were what? Scattered. scattered. Verse 3. Verse 3 reads, But Saul began to destroy the church. Can you imagine? The guy was destroying the church. That's why Jesus said, No, I can't sit. I have to meet this guy. I have to meet him, and I will also punish him. He had three days of blindness, and he couldn't eat. Three days. Induced fasting. <laughs> How can you see this Jesus thing and be able to be normal and eat? He lost appetite instantly. He lost his sight and he lost his appetite. And he was in darkness. He couldn't see without food. That's where his senses began to regain. Die and then, he was a different man. He said, Saul was attacking the church. Read it again, sir. But Saul began to destroy the church. Ah! Going from house to house, hey! he dragged up men and women began to destroy the church. He began to destroy, going from house to house. Uh, are there people here? And they, you always know they are there because how do you know they are there? They call on the name of the Lord. So when they met, Lord Jesus, ah, I can hear, I think that some of them are there. They are meeting there. 
<laughs> That's all. The Bible, if you, if you find out, if you later read, it said he was going and killing those who are calling on your name. So that's how he knew the believers were there, by the way they called on the name of the Lord. So from house to house, he was destroying the church. Read the verse 2, sir. Verse 2 says that, verse 2 says, Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Mm -hmm. But Saul began to destroy Verse 4. Verse 4. Um, those who have been scattered uh -huh. preached the word wherever they went. What did they do? That's how the revival starts. After service, we are scattering. Some of us are going on train, by train, on buses, by road, to your house. We live in different areas. That's scattering. And everywhere you go, you must be the fire carrier. That's what I'm trying to say. You have been born again to carry fire. Oh, I like that one. How are you doing? I've been born again to carry fire. <laughs> how are you doing? I, I said, how are you doing? That's what has happened to you. You have been born again to carry fire. Carry fire. Satan knows it. So wherever they went, they were preaching. How do you carry the fire? By preaching. You can't be silent. That's why you need the word. Every time we meet them as the word coming. So that people's fire can be fresh. Mm. And wherever you go, say, stretch forth your hand. Give us boldness that we can preach. Mm. He didn't say give us boldness so we can be free from them. No, give us boldness to preach. How do you give us boldness? By you doing signs and wonders. Then we are bold to preach. That's all their job, to preach. So wherever they went, preaching. And what were they preaching? Jesus. They're preaching one message, Jesus, everywhere, Jesus, everywhere, Jesus. You must be a preacher. If you claim to have the Holy Ghost, you must preach. The Holy Ghost didn't come on you so you can speak in tongues. He came on you so you can preach Christ. That's a tweetable one. Get it from. The Holy Spirit didn't come on you just to speak in tongues. Primarily, he actually came on you not because of tongues. He actually came on you to preach Christ. So if you are speaking in loud tongues and you are not preaching Christ, there's something wrong. Maybe it's a false alarm. <laughs> hey! Oh, this is a strong meat, isn't it? So, this Paul, who was cutting, I'm about to finish. I'm about to finish. This Paul who was killing the people, suddenly, according to Acts chapter 26, suddenly from, from verse 14, Magadaya. Acts chapter 26. He was killing the people. He was killing them. He was, I don't even want to use the word he was killing them. He was, the Bible said he was destroying the church. That's a serious one. You know, never befriend someone who destroys church. They destroy the church. Spreading negative things. And so, are you still going there? They are a church destroyer. And never be part of destroying church. Because Jesus will take it personal. He will come after you. You may have your reasons, but he'll come after you. And he starts with your eyes. <laughs> Read your Bible. It will start with your eyes and then with your appetite. You see where you eat. <laughs> hey. And then for you to be free, you have to go to somebody who is part of the church you are destroying. So some people, 
as long as they don't go back to the places they are destroyed where Christ is working, they will never be free. Their pride will not, cannot afford them to be free. Amazing, isn't it? Say, let's go. Verse 14. 20. This is Paul telling his own story. In Acts chapter 9, they were telling the story for him. This one, he was telling his own story. So I want to listen to this one more. Go ahead. So we all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the door. Mm. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? Who are you? I don't know you. I am Jesus. He said, I'm Jesus. The one you are persecuting. You think you are destroying the church. You are persecuting me, Jesus. And you are, it's like you are kicking against the goats. You know the goats, those times, uh, horses. Gillian, do you know goats? Do you know pricks? What, what are pricks? Goats. What are goats? Uh, no goats. Okay, it's my accent. So don't worry, it's my accent. <laughs> Goat is G O A D. Goats, goats. It's like pricks. Okay, you know pricks. Spikes. They put it around fence so that you don't. You know, even the house here. Just sometimes shopping centers. If they don't want cars to drive that way, those things. It's like pricks. Metal pricks. Alligator teeth. That's how they call it. So it, it stops you if you kick against it. Guess what? You hurt yourself. You don't kick against pricks. Because it's meant to stop you from proceeding. If you kick against it, you are, you are hurting yourself. And Jesus said, you, you, it's hard to kick against the pricks. What you are doing, you are kicking against pricks. It, it won't work. Don't try to destroy a church. It won't work. <laughs> it's serious. People who think they are destroying the church, they are destroying their own legs. <laughs> they are destroying their own lives. Because Jesus said, it is very hard to kick against did you say goats there or pricks? Goats, yeah. King James said pricks. Okay. All right, Pastor, let's finish this thing. So Jesus said it's difficult for you to kick against the pricks or the goats. Yes. Uh, now, now get up and stand on your feet. Uh-huh. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness oh, okay. what you have seen of me and what I will show you. Wow. I will rescue you from your own people. Hmm? I'm sending you to them. Can you imagine? He said, I'm sending you to people I will rescue you from. So you are be, that's how to spread the fire. You are going to people who would like to kill you. But those are the people you are sent to. They don't like you. You try to preach. They said, don't tell me that one. But that's the best thing you have. They can't touch you. God said, I will deliver you. I will protect you from them. They will hate you. But go. Because some of them have been saved. Some of them have, have been appointed to eternal life. If you don't carry this fire there, they will die in their sins. So in spite of the fact that your life is under threat, your fame is under threat, your friendship is under threat, you have to go carrying the fire. You are afraid, but you have to go. You are afraid of their reaction, but you have to go. Carry the fire. That is why I appear to you. Don't think I appear to you to give you a marriage. Don't think I appear to you to give you a new car. I appear to you to fix your car. I will never, I probably may never fix it unless it is needed for the work I'm going to give you to do. But after the smoking, it shall keep smoking. 
and I may not fix it because the job I'm giving you doesn't require your car. Oh, Pastor, oh God. So when we come to church, Lord, I believe you for a car. But the work he's giving you, it doesn't require a car. It's you who need a car, so sort it out. He will give you what is needed for the work. It might be a bicycle. And as you do it, then he can upgrade you. So he said, finish this. That's a powerful thing. Yes. So I'm sending you to them to open their eyes uh-huh. and turn them from darkness to oh. darkness. And from the power of Satan to God. See, see, see. Three things he said here. To open, why is, why is he sending you to them? To open their eyes. To Turn them from darkness uh-huh. and from the power of Satan. Satan has power over the people in the world. And I'm sending you to them, and yet they will want to kill you. They will hate you, but don't be afraid. I need to help them. That's what the revival fire is about. This one should have been a Sunday message, actually. That's what the flames of fire is about. The flames of fire is not about you now you are sleeping like a baby and you enjoy your life please forget it you may not still be able to afford your holiday yet that's not the purpose of this fasting it's not to be able to give you favor to afford holidays unless of course the holiday there's someone who you are supposed to go and preach to or god wants you to preach and maybe the last one he went he wanted you to preach you didn't preach so he won't find this one he will have to train you by preaching on East Street Market and other places when he realized that now you are going to be obedient to the heavenly vision. God does not support anyone who is not obedient to the heavenly vision. So when God wants to bless you, he begins to give you a vision of what you are supposed to do. That's what he did to Paul. He, showed, he told him right from there, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a job. This is what I'm going to do. And see what Paul did. Say, read it. Verse, um, verse 19. Verse 18. Read the verse 18. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, mm-hmm. and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sin. Oh, yeah. So you didn't finish it. You see, you'd have jumped into verse 19. He said, so, so that they will receive inheritance among the saints uh, before the inheritance too. Yeah. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins and inheritance amongst sister. You didn't know you had an, such rich inheritance amongst what God is doing amongst us. It covers, that inheritance is like comprehensive insurance. It's like life insurance. It covers your health. It covers your marriage. It covers your career. It covers your children who are yet to be born. It covers your grandchildren. It covers the essential things about your life that is important to you. He said, don't worry. I am, because that's the inheritance amongst the saints. That's why we share testimony in church. Because it's part of our heritage. And he says that, go get them born again. Bring them to church so that their sins will be forgiven and they will also have partake of the inheritance among the saints. That's the job. So why are you not preaching? Somebody has a miracle healing here. Somebody's miracle husband is here. Somebody's miracle wife is here. Somebody's miracle housing is here. Somebody is going to become one of the greatest prime ministers of this country and is yet to be born again. Because God has a plan in the next 20 years. And you is the one God wants to use to go and send the fire to the person. And so Paul understood this and see what Paul said. Verse 19. 
Therefore, King Agrippa. I was not disobedient to the vision of heaven. First, to you see, I was not disobedient. Tell somebody we cannot be disobedient. We have to keep the fire burning. Some of you are not saying it. I said, tell somebody we cannot be disobedient. We have to keep the fire burning. We have to keep the fire burning. Sometimes when you are even tired, you have to keep the fire burning. And, and, and it's amazing. Paul, he said, he said, yeah, this guy is very strong. Oh. Paul, 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 he said, watch this. I like this one. Some of you, that your problem of disobedience is what I'm going to say. Galatians 1, 15 and 16. He says that when it pleased God, God is now happy to reveal Christ through you. Can you imagine? God is happy. He looked at you. He said, oh, I want to reveal Christ through you. Watch this. People may not like you and they may say all kinds of things about you because of what they know about you. But when God finds you and wants to use you, he's, the Bible said it pleases God to do it. People may not like it. He said, but this girl is was a bad girl. Fat. He used to drink Ray and Jack, Ray and bro brothers. Ray, Ray and nephews. <laughs> She's been drinking Ray and nephews. She used to drink it and she has broken a lot of people's relationship because she was going out with their boyfriends. There's a lot of bad history. But guess what? If God wants you to speak about Christ, he's happy to use you. Read it, sir. But when God who set me apart from death and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal Christ in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Amongst people. I, I did not go to flesh and blood. I didn't go to people and say, what do you think about it? No. They didn't like it. Other people were not happy about it, but I can't be bothered. I prefer the King James. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb mm -hmm. and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach you among, among the Gentiles. I did not immediately convert. No, no, no. I don't go to flesh and blood. Oh, what do you think about it? She said, I did not confer. I did not confer. I don't know how the amplifier puts it. I did not confer with flesh and blood. It means that if my friends will be upset with me, they can be upset. I don't care. If my best friend is upset because now I'm preaching Christ and I've allowed God to reveal Christ through me. Something that Christ is pleased about, I should disappoint God. God is pleased about I should disappoint him because my friends are not happy with it. My friends and God, who should be happy with, about what I do? My friends, it's, it, it, please God, to read it, sir. Verse 15, but when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born. Before you were born, he chose you. So when you were messing up, you were a chosen messing up person. That's why I didn't give up on you. At a point in time, you almost died. Satan wanted to kill you, but God said, hey, 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 you're joking. She's messing up. He's messing up. I've chosen him. I've chosen him. Before she was born, I chose her. Yes, she's been messing up. Uh, she's chosen. He has bad records, drinking, doing drugs, killing people, murdering, and doing all that. But I've chosen him. He said, touch not my chosen one. And he waited, he waited, and then somebody like Kingsley came and told you that you need to give your life to Jesus. 
And suddenly, something touched your heart. And all along, the reason why you are now enjoying church is all along, it's a seed is inside you. Your life is hungry for what church has got to give. All along. But Satan has blinded you. So suddenly, haven't you realized how you are enjoying Christ? Yes, because it's already in, it was already in you. You were chosen before you were born. That's why abortion is dangerous. Because they have killed a lot of chosen people. Killed a lot of destroying the church. Because it was an accidental sex. But the child is not an accident. All right, let's finish this. But when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born, and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that I might preach among the Gentiles as the good news, the way of salvation, I did not immediately consult with anyone for guidance regarding God's call and his revelation. Wow! Don't go and seek other people's opinion. God has made it clear. I should preach. Why do I go? People, are you happy for me to preach? No. That's all. And Saul puts it this way. Last quotation. I won't say much about this quotation. Paul puts it this way. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He was a fire career. He can't let suffering intimidate him. He won't abort the mission. It may look like mission impossible, but he will not abort it because the Holy Ghost is the one that makes it possible. Read it, Pastor. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But now we things, you know, nor I count my life dear to myself. Oh, so that why? I my race. Why doesn't he count his life dear to him? So that I my race uh-huh. with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify. Did you see that? Because of that, because of that, I don't count my life dear to me. If I lose my job, I'll lo- so be it. If I lose friends, so be it. If I lose money, so be it. If because of that, my pay has been cut down, so be it. I will not cut, count my life dear to me at the expense of doing, carrying the fire he called me to carry. You are a fire carrier, and this is not a cheap fire. Don't oversee the fire quenching. Don't let it quench in your hands. Others have carried it and it's gotten to you. But less. Don't let the Holy Ghost fire quench with you. Keep it burning and pass it on. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.